month ago, DNA's producer Caroline Chamberlain reported on a new board game called California Water Crisis, where players got to play at being regional water czars in our dried-out state. Then we took off for Berlin with KCRW, and while there, she encountered some more board game designers who take on some pretty interesting German problems. Caroline Chamberlain joins me in the studio. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Francis. So tell me about your uh, adventures in board game land in Berlin. So I visited this board game cafe, which is the world's first board game cafe. And if you don't know what a board game cafe is, it's a place where you can design board games, buy them, rent them. So hang on a sec. You go to this place and people are literally working through the problem of how to design a board game. Yeah, every Monday night they gather to design new board games, work on prototypes, sort of exchange tips and advice to each other. And I understand that just as with California Water Crisis, which took on an issue, so do some of the games that you encountered, one of which address, one might say, one of Germany's most pressing problems. And we're not talking about the Greeks. No, we're not talking about the Euro crisis, but we are talking about the crisis of getting a good pool spot. And so I talked to this board game designer who designed a game called Cool and Pool, and the objective is to get the best spot at the pool. And so, yeah, I spoke with his English-speaking friend, and he explained how it works. Cool and Pool is a game about um, reserving your places uh, nearby the pool, and uh, early in the morning the people come and place their um, towels, on the good places, then they go to have breakfast and then come back. So uh, when they come back, they have to roll the dice in order to have enough dice of the same color to get to their towels. If they succeed, they just lay down and uh, places nearby the pool count more than places far away. And so does this have anything to do with a situation in real life where Germans are fighting over the best spot by the pool? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, some people, uh, if they could do it, they also would do with parking lots or something like that. So <laughs> That's what we do in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, Caroline, I just find that incredibly funny, in part because it takes me right back to my own childhood, where I, along with many other Europeans, would go on beach or poolside holidays, and one always found oneself competing with the Germans. And... I used to think perhaps I'm stereotyping, but it seems as if not. It seems as if they're proud of their ability to get that poolside spot before anyone else. Yes, and it clearly <laughs> captures a part of their imagination. <laughs> so anyway, there was a more, I guess, serious board game that you also encountered while you were in the uh, board game cafe. Yes, there's an amazing game. It really blew me away. It's called Wir sind das Volk, which means we are the people, which was the rallying cry of the East Germans before the wall fell. It's for two players, and you either play East Germany or West Germany. I spoke with the board game designer. His name is Pierre Sylvester, and I asked him what inspired this idea. Originally, I thought about Korea. I thought, oh, it would be interesting. Unlike the normal war games where you side one side attack each other, there are two countries where they try to show off with living standard and try to make a better state. But uh, there's nothing really much known about North Korea. So I thought, um, well, my old country obviously was divided. 
So this is pretty interesting. The game is about competing ideologies, it sounds like. And is the objective, you mentioned standard of living. Is that the objective of the game, to achieve the higher standard of living? It's one of the objectives. So it's a kind of complicated game. It took me a little while to figure it out. But basically, there are a bunch of moving pieces. Uh, players can build factories, players can quell unrest, and they also can kind of sabotage each other's infrastructure progress. And just as was the case with East and West Germany, they have inherently different advantages and disadvantages. So what is something specific in the game that um, demonstrates the vast differences between the East and West during that period? You get these cards. So instead of rolling dice like you do in a lot of games, you get these cards that are sort of the actions of the game and sort of show you what happened. And on each of these cards, there are historical events. One of the cards, for example, is when the East allows its citizens to buy blue jeans for the first time. That's actually one of my favorite things about the game is to sort of look through the cards and look through these historic events and get a bit of a history lesson. Um, But the most fascinating card, I think, is the decision to build a wall. And so that's not something where it's for sure happens. You can choose to do that. And he explains why he made it a choice in the game. Why did they build a wall? They had certain reasons for it. And I think you can understand the mindset better if you have to make the same decisions. So you think, okay, this is, I built a wall because there are people fleeing, but I have to build up the secret police because there's so much unrest. So this is, uh, of course, yeah, like I said, a simplified way of thinking, obviously, but it gives you some idea of the trade-offs that the leaders went through. So just to uh, make it clear, in your game, it's possible to not build the Berlin Wall. Yes, it is. Wow. So this is a way of sort of um, rewriting history through a game. And it's kind of fascinating that the game exists and the game exists now. You've met these guys who've developed it and it's coming out the very same time we're now watching on our TV screens this show, Deutschland 83, which takes us back again to the Cold War era East German young spy who finds himself in West Germany. These are the kind of stories that weren't being told for a very long time. It seems as if we've got to this point 25 years on, that is one generation on from the fall of the wall, where one can now start to fictionalize the Cold War. One can have fun with it even. Um, We also have the show The Americans, which has the Russian spy in America. Is there something going on here in terms of distance from that period? I think that there is a lot of distance for a lot of people where you feel comfortable sort of exploring these themes and sort of having fun with them. But at the same time, there are a lot of people alive today who went through some of the bad experiences of the DDR. And so he had to think about that in designing this game. And the Stasi factor into this game, he calls them the secret police, but they're really supposed to be the Stasi. So Caroline, at the end of the day, this is a game. Was it fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There are a lot of moving pieces. Like I said earlier, uh, I lost within the first decade. I was East Germany. Does that mean you didn't get to build the wall? No, I didn't even get faced with that dilemma. So I think I would have built it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, Caroline Chamberlain, thank you so much. Thank you, Francis. Caroline Chamberlain is DNA's producer. The board game Cool and Pool was designed by Hartwig Jakobik. And the board game Café that she visited in Berlin is called Spielwieser. 